Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring! Uh, hello and welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring. I'm Reese Waters and with me is Jesse Harley. Hello! And we have some special guests today on the show. We have uh, Jeremy, Taylor and Brian from Sick Boy. Welcome! Uh, All right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Much. Thanks for having us. I want to start a podcast <laughs> called Welsh Politics is Boring. <laughs> it is actually boring. Every three episodes, and the the podcast would be dead. What gives you the right to move here from 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 Wales and tell us how our politics are boring? <laughs> Why don't you guys tell us about your your podcast and its origins? How did it start, and how long have you guys been doing it? And any entertaining? Yeah, sure. So uh, the I mean, our podcast in a nutshell is uh, we are a podcast that sits and has uh, long-form conversations with people about what it is like to live life with a chronic or terminal illness, um, but with a twist, and the twist is that it's a comedy podcast. So, you know, we, we spend our time trying to uh, root out and mine for the levity that exists within the human experience of being sick, um, and it stems <coughs> from the, the fact that um, I live with cystic fibrosis, and uh, my two best friends here, Brian and, and Taylor, uh, are, you know, like pretty much perfectly, perfectly healthy specimens. 
And it, it, this this whole Specimens. show, uh, <laughs> this whole show started from a conversation that the three of us had over microphones, where uh, the the boys were given like a free pass to ask me any and all the questions you'd ever want to ask a sick person. Um, and in in looking back at that first conversation that we had, we realized that you know this was this was something that we found to be very, very, fu- there was lots of humor, you know, we, we found it to be very funny, but it was also mm-hmm. very educational for the guys. They, they learned a lot about me, um, things that they had never known up to that point. Um, and then for myself as the, as the person who was expressing all these things that I've gone through in my life, it was very, um, uh, empowering and like uplifting. And, and there was, there was something very cathartic and, and, and therapeutic about it. And so we decided to, test it out and see if it was a fluke or if we could recreate what we did, but with somebody else. Uh, so we, we called up the sickest person we knew at the time and asked them if they wanted to come in. Um, his name was Matt. He had brain cancer and yeah. he, he sat down on the mics with us, recorded another conversation that was equally funny. Um, uh, just as <coughs> eye opening and, and uplifting and the ball just kind of kept rolling from there. And mm-hmm. fast forward now we're, Fuck what, like five years in, and we've wow. we've talked yeah. to people from all over North America. Yeah, uh, and you'd be surprised at how many, how often you find uh, like audio porn just sneaks its way <laughs> into <laughs> into the conversation about what it's like to be sick. It's actually like extremely surprising. Plus, the other thing is, is uh, all three of us are idiots, so we don't we don't have an intellect like uh, Reese to to. To educate us, so <laughs> so uh, we had to rely on having guests who actually knew about their own personal experiences to talk about them. Yeah. So yeah, sure, re- the thing the thing I really like about your show is that um, when I listen to it, you are able to ask people the questions with illnesses and and uh, conditions and things that you want to ask the nitty gritty of life that you can't be would be too scared to ask. I don't know. You seem to have a way of getting people to open up and talk about things in such a way that like they. Uh, that isn't part of like polite conversation or isn't in a pamphlet or in an, in like an instructional video or anything right. or any of the information <laughs> I, th- I think there's the um, and that's what makes and that humanizes people with those uh, with you know with conditions or whatever they, they kind of uh, are dealing with it allows it yeah it just makes them so relatable in that sense it's yeah. really good yeah yeah one, I think one of the things that we realize um, not I wouldn't say early on but maybe about a year into doing it we were having these conversations about like why is it why is it that we're able to do this in the room with, you know, four mics and a, and a person that we've maybe never met before, but it's so hard to have these conversations in, in the real world. And we kind of came to this conclusion that, that scheduling the time or making the dedicated space to do it, it just ha it's, it's like, it's like you're giving somebody permission. It's like, Hey, some, this out, this one hour time slot next week is going to be this carved out space where you've got this free pass to ask these crazy questions for the person that's going in to be like, Hey, open book, tell me anything. I'll give you, I'll tell you anything you want to know. And mentally that, that space is carved out in advance. And so there's not that, like, there's not much of that caught off guard, uh, nature that you get when you ask questions, you know, when you run into somebody on the street. Although we do tr- try to try to promote that, you know, we should be kind of asking, you know, wacky, wackier or more interesting questions to get the to get sort of like the best or the most 
authentic version out of people when we're when we're having you know regular conversation. To give you it's, a quick example, yeah. we uh, we we sat down with this guy who uh, was paralyzed from the waist down, and we sat down and we, we it was eight o'clock in the morning. We were recording with him in Vancouver when we were on a trip there, and we started the microphones. We started recording, and uh, I looked across the table to him and I said, "So, uh, tell me, does your does your penis work?" And that was the first question that started that conversation. And, uh, and you know, like after we kind of got through that first fog of the first five minutes, it was really great. That, that's the perfect illustration of my point. That was great. Uh, but Reese, I know that you kind of had, uh, had, had prepped a little history lesson for us and, and in, in a, in a way that, that sort of like ties into uh, some of the, some of the st- like themes that we kind of touch on 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 Sick Boy or, or sort of is like relatable to some of the stuff that we've talked about on the show in the past. I'm kind of like you, Jesse, where I'm like, I I I think Canadian politics are boring, but sweet Reese, virtual high five. Yeah, Reese, I, I, yeah, I feel like <laughs> maybe you're about to tear those walls down and and prove <laughs> prove otherwise. Uh, uh, what's what do you have? What do you have lined up for us here? Okay, so uh, do you do you all like healthcare? Are you uh, fans of healthcare? I, I absolutely. Yeah, I would say we like sure do talk about it a lot. Yeah, healthcare's <laughs> been I mean it's been, it's been, it's played a vital role in keeping me alive for these past 32 years. So yeah, I would say I'm a, I'm a fan. 10 out of 10 for healthcare in general. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> I, 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 I've had the experience of like a European health system. I've come to Canada and I know Canadians are really proud of healthcare and the healthcare system and it is really good. It is really good. Uh, on the side Reese, I actually have I I know nothing about the UK health system. Can you give us a quick 30 second? Okay. It was in 1948, they launched the National Health Service. It was one of the first ones in the world. And it's universal healthcare free at the point of delivery. So uh, basically everyone is a... I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Free at the point of delivery? It means you just, you don't, you don't need any ID. You don't need to give a number. You just walk into a hospital and you get treated for whatever you've got. You just oh, wow. whether, whether you've broken your leg or you've got cancer, you'll get all of the treatment you need to get healthy. Why are you booing that? That sounds amazing. <laughs> it was a sarca- it was a sarcasm boo. Didn't come through. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor doesn't believe in anything unless it's it's worked for. Uh, unless, unless <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, even in, in Wales, you don't even pay for um, any kind of medication. All medication is is free. Wow. 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 I what. Well, I say I say wow I say wow but I haven't paid for medication uh, like mm-hmm. once in my life but I, but that's also because all the medication that I take is tied to my illness and ah, okay. and that's very specific to Nova Scotia whereas if I moved away I would have to pay for some of my meds so it's, huh. it's yeah it, it, Canada's Canada's a weird one because it's not it's not it's not the same across the board but um, well it seems like the UK has kind of ta- has has is sort of like a like the next level version of what we've got here mm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Guys, Although, I don't want to delay this from keep moving forward, keep 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 on going forward, but I do have to say that my mom, she she had a an operation where she had a a, a stint put in her her belly button and and she has to self catheter through that because she had bladder cancer and oh she actually <laughs> she has to pay for all of her supplies that she needs. She she needs to use uh, use a catheter uh, four times a day, and a box of catheters costs her anywhere from two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars a month, depending on how many she uses. Oh my god! And it's not covered. None of it. 
So which is such I a guess weird thing. In, in the UK, would it be covered? That would be covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she tell her to move to Wales. Yeah, fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. They wouldn't even have to see her passport or anything. <laughs> and she'll probably That's see remarkable. a dramatic increase in um in in sort of like quality of life because she won't be she will no longer be incentivized to be dehydrated all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. right? Have has she, like I know that um I know that uh, it it happened a little while back, but I'm sure there's still some around. But the the, the whole like sort of outlawing of plastic straws like could she not just go to starbucks and be like give me all your plastic straws because like they're not going to use them anymore so like could yeah, she, she has actually she, a really she actually, good idea. um she she uh uh jimmy rigged them all together with some mm. tape and mm-hmm. she actually sucks it out of her own belly it's unconventional but it's kind know. of like uh, <laughs> when you, you know when you're siphoning gas from somebody's car yeah. that, like yeah. when you're running low right <laughs> everybody does that right yeah, yeah. just don't forget to cool. spit it out Thank you for putting that in my head. Sorry for the uh, sorry for derailing you, Reese. Sorry. <laughs> have you guys? So have you guys heard of Tommy Douglas? Uh, yeah. that is a familiar name. I'm guessing he's name. a politician of some sort uh, in in the past here in Canada. Isn't he like the father of healthcare in Canada? That's exactly that's exactly who he is. You get oh. ten points, Brian. Oh. He's the father of socialized medicine in Canada. I, I feel like we should know that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we do. That's why we need to listen to Canadian politics is boring. <laughs> so, so in two thousand and four, he was voted the greatest Canadian of all time by a, a, a CBC television series. He beat Terry Fox, Pierre Trudeau, and Wayne Gretzky Whoa. to win. Don't, wow. don't those guys have the uh, the order of merit? There's only four Canadians who have ever been awarded the order of merit, and I think Tommy Douglas is one of them. Alongside, I think Jean Chrétien won it as well, which is I don't know. Okay, that Brian, guy seems kind of okay, lame Brian, to me. Okay, Brian, you prepared for this. We get it. Yeah, you're showing How off. did I prepare <laughs> for this? We get I'm it. I'm a Canadian citizen. And I'm proud Dude, of my. I can my, see your my eyes heritage. tracking the Wikipedia page that you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. So, so he, he was the, the premier of... Um, now, do you know what? This is embarrassing. I moved to Canada. This is the one province I can't pronounce. Saskatchewan? Oh, I'm that's just, pretty good. It's the accent. Oh, that's good. That's you you did good. better than the people that live there. Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually, that's, actually better, that's actually better than we would pronounce it here, because uh, uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time there, and I used to say Saskatchewan... And they Isn't will that how it's pronounced? That's how I say say it. They will tell you that it is Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. So um, he was the premier of Saskatchewan. He was a member of parliament and he founded the modern day uh, political party, the N- NDP. In the 1930s, he, he kind of experienced drought and the Great Depression. And he saw lots of people dying because there were no doctors in Canada. If you didn't have any money and you couldn't pay for medical care. Um, and this was kind of like the driving force of his political career. He wanted to provide health care to everyone. So in 1947, the Saskatchewan Hospital Services Plan came to effect. So basically, they created like a health, um, you know, socialized medicine in Saskatchewan. And then the federal government saw much of a success it was. And that was expanded to full health insurance nationally in 1969, where the federal government would pay 50% and the provincial government would pay 50%. I like mm-hmm. this guy. Yeah, so he, he like yeah. did. He's he's well regarded for a reason. He provided healthcare like in a way that had never existed before to to the whole country. So um, yeah, I mean uh, he deserves he deserved the order. Was it the order of merit? I think it's the order of merit that he got. Yeah. Is that the highest? Is that the highest recognition? Uh, yeah. He was he was uh, invested into the order of Canada. Uh, and Canada. became a member of Canada's Privy Council in 1984. Isn't, did he get the Order of Merit too, though? Because isn't the Order of Canada like a stepping stone to the Order of Merit? 
I don't really know, Bri. I, I don't I, know. I, I, you're the one, the you're the one with the Wikipedia yeah, yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've yeah, ever heard <laughs> the order of merit ever. I believe the order of merit, high, highest, highest, highest order you can receive citation needed, 19 uh, parentheses. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yes, I think it's highest merit. If, I, if I'm recalling. You've got a great memory. If I can recall from the So you memory. actually do have the Wikipedia page open. So I was right, is what you're saying. And, uh, and then the order of Canada is the highest you can receive within Canada, but the order of merit's above it. So, yeah, and yeah, okay, cool, yeah. So, so despite being an awesome dude and everyone, like, <laughs> thinking that he's... What a- we've boiled this down to is he's an awesome dude. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I like it, yeah. He yeah. sounds like a pretty he rad did, dude did some good stuff, good dude. So, um... Is that on his tombstone? He, he, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he uh, did some good stuff. Good but he also, he also had a dark side. He had a, he had a, a dark oh, I was side. waiting for don't this part. Don't like, they all? Let me guess. He's got a statue somewhere, and we're about to fucking we're about to pull that motherfucker down. You're, you're, about, you're about to reveal. You're about to reveal some shit, aren't you? The this is I mean this this subject matter is 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 pretty disturbing but <laughs> oh, great awesome yes. well, yeah. Yeah. I think we picked the right collaboration yeah yes. here, here we go have, have you ever heard of eugenics oh oh yeah uh, yes. yeah I believe yeah uh, let me open that Wikipedia tab I've pre-prepared a definition e- it is eugenics a sex. is it, it, I mean is it, let let me can I can I take a stab at what eugenics is go for it is eugenics yeah. um when I hear the word eugenics I think of um, I think of Mengele. I think of uh, the 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 Nazi scientist that was doing some like w- really weird shit with um, uh, like scientific shit with with Jewish prisoners at like Auschwitz and stuff. Like it, like is eugenics like yeah, it's um, like selective breeding for yeah, humans? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to like control. Br- yeah, yeah. Right, right. So like, like like dog breeds where they go, yeah, let's make this dog breed have bigger years, and they selectively mm. breed the ones. It was that, but applied to humans, which is oh yeah. my god. Yeah, that like sounds, it's disturbing. That sounds that sounds not cool. <laughs> so so the definition definition is is a set of beliefs and practices that aim to alter the genetics of the human population historically by excluding people and groups judged to be inferior and promoting those judged to be superior. Whoa. Whoa. So you, you, you're hitting the nail on the head with the whole Nazi thing. It kind of it sounds like... Yeah. yeah, that definition's been in hot water forever. Yes. Are you going <laughs> to tell us that he made healthcare free so that he could use it for that purpose? Well, he, he thought, he genuinely believed he could improve society through that. And this was, like, really popular in Canada and the Western world in, like, the 1930s. And I have got a... Eugenics? Eugenics were huge. Uh, they mm-hmm. actually laws were passed in quite a few places in in Western democracies at the time. And there's a newspaper from 1933. It's the <coughs> Montreal Gazette uh, from November the 14th. And the headline is... Uh, sterilization of unfit advocated feeble-minded increasing at disproportionate rate in canada the case for eugenics quebec fortunate in that best stock has large families so i mean i mean i I guess it's like it's not it's it's crazy to think that from the lens of 2020 but when you go back i mean if you went back to uh when were when was the emancipation of slaves 1861 1863 somewhere around there 63 and and if you if you if if you were to poll people back then in like let's say New York, who who thought that slaves should be freed, you'd probably be hard pressed to hear the same the, the exact same people saying that they think that slaves should be freed, thinking that black people were were of this uh, were 
not inferior. Like the like the the two like the two ideologies or the two thought processes would have been separated. You know what I mean? Like, well, they, they even they even created that like kind of fake science. Is it phrenology where they measure the brain and the skull the and skull. the indentations? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they, I think, uh, especially in like the in in during slavery, they tried to prove that that was like uh, an actual science, and it was obviously just made up just to reinforce right. uh, people's own Racism. arguments yeah. and not make them doubt themselves for the, yeah. for the terrible things they were doing. So, but, so, um, <laughs> what, so what what kind of eugenics? Like, I, I guess like the the word you. Eugenics is pretty could be looked at as as quite a broad yeah. <laughs> practice, I guess, if you will. It's like it's <laughs> like was, was he going like we need we need a world of of only redheads or like what was his like what was his yeah what did he think was I, superior yeah what, what was his end goal right now yeah. he was <laughs> he was he was really just pro CRISPR and he was really yeah. ahead of his time yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he, he understood he understood so, genome mapping. <laughs> in, in 1933, he he wrote a thesis, and it was titled "The Problems of the Subnormal Family," and what he was talking about was sterilization of mental defectives and those incurably diseased. So he was he was trying to essentially stop people they thought were not fit to have children and raise children oh and function society God. from being able to breed. So, <laughs> so, so boy, Tommy I'd, D, I'd be a, I'd be a I'd be a goner in his in his world if. If things, I guess, like went the way he wanted them to, like I guess, like so, so, if, so I'm born with CF. Although, wait, hold on, what the fuck am I talking about? I'm sterile anyway. I can't, I can't make a kid. I'm no, sterile because it's a good point, though. Like they, they, the idea is they wanted to remove genetically inherited diseases, so right. exactly those kinds of things would have been uh, scrutinized, I guess, in families and. I'm going to apologize oh. in advance for some of this language, but this is some quotes from his uh, from his thesis. Oh Jesus! Uh, here we go. Basically, he would. He, the, <laughs> so he argues that one of the key causes of poverty are subnormal families, uh, uh, and he the ones he described as mentally inadequate are anywhere from a high grade moron to mentally defective, of low moral character, and a, is a burden on the public purse. So, I mean, that's a really general term. How do you decide who is what? It's kind of subjective. Mm. Oh my god, absolutely! Right. And and they're really take. I mean, in its simplest, in its sort of simplest form, is like taking and like you mentioned right at the, right off the top is, you know, that's something that we've been doing for dog with dogs, for example, for for right. forever. Uh, well, I guess for the past 500, 600 years or something like that, what to when we we started using dogs for certain purposes and look and what then, we've done pugs i mean yeah, my right. god man that's <laughs> just I have, a, I have a french bulldog and every time i go to the every time i go to the vet I, I i actually have this like sickening realization that he just shouldn't really be alive and i'm like and i'm like god this is horrible but but applying that same i mean when you when you it's I know that we all just inherently in 2020 know that applying that same principle or that same logic to humans makes no sense and i guess there's it's i and i'm wondering like where why is that so obvious why is that so obvious to us now in the way that and is it because we just we we see humans as opposed to every other like species and we just go man we are just such a jump up from everything else on this planet that you know we have a you know we have uh we have consciousness or i guess what we define as consciousness and this is like that's some that's this is like a sacred like being a conscious being is sort of this like sacred ground and 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 we apply all these you know these 
rights and and civil liberties in 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 good countries, I guess, um, across the board that says, hey, this is this is what you are entitled to simply by being a human and shit like that, like eugenics, <laughs> is a big no-no. I don't I mean, know, dude, it, though. There's a lot of places it, in the world where, where that's our people next aren't even afforded eugenics that is a liberty. big no-no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's pretty wild that, that, like, that this was a part of his, his, like, mandate, and, like, this was, this was something that he, you know, like, that wrote his fucking thesis on, and, and yet he yet still like it's just wild to think that there's this side of of his like professional life and then this other side where it's like he was the greatest canadian of all time like i'm reading i'm reading like his his thesis which but that's just us looking which, back at it because at that time we would have gone i know i know i wonder but, if he's onto something you know yeah, i mean there would yeah. have been a population <laughs> well, of people no, that on, thought that on. it was of okay of course of course but just how fucking crazy is it to to see, like, so those deemed to be subnormal, like you were saying, Reese, uh, low intelligence, moral laxity. What the fuck is moral laxity? Did you just drink uh, too much? Yeah, or yeah like exactly. Like, or, yeah, you know. yeah, you're promiscuous. Uh, exactly. So, so, so people who are subnormal because of low intelligence, moral laxity, or venereal disease would be sent to state farms or camps. This is the idea. It's like, oh, oh you, you moral lax person, we, we put you in a camp, okay? We put you in a concentration camp because you're morally lax and you have venereal disease and you're not that smart. So you go in the concentration camp and then those judged to be mentally defective or incurably diseased. So you with the CF and uh, you with the Down syndrome, uh, we sterilize you. We put you in th- like this is mm. this is. Well, here, here, but here guys. Nazi how, shit. How, how, I'm telling you how, that how, I'm, t- I'm telling you that he would get he would get elected now in the United <laughs> States because you look at him and he and he's got the healthcare policy of Bernie Sanders with the populist like fascist qualities of Donald Trump. <laughs> if you marry those two, <laughs> I, the, oh those two together, I mean, you're then you here, got Brian. you yeah. got the fucking next president of the United States. Well, here, how about we how about we do this? I mean, I mean, we could go on for days about the criti- the, the, so the, the crazy, critici- criticizing hit the error of his thinking, which I think we can all agree on is obvious. But when did when did these when did this way of thinking come under criticism of him? When did people start to say? That thing that this awesome dude did is not so awesome. Well, this, in the mid-30s, 24 U.S. states, Alberta and B.C., had already passed laws mandating the sterilization of those found to be intellectually disabled or morally degenerate. So this was already a thing. He, he wasn't alone in this. Mm-hmm. This was like a, a really common, widespread wow. uh, theory. This that is people, fascinating. But this, this, is, wasn't this, is just, before, this is before World War II, right? This is in the 30s? World War II, yes. yeah. Yes, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that's the crazy thing is that like, he, he was he was talk, like you're talking about him sending people to camps, but also he wanted people to have medical certification before they were allowed to get married. You know, you had right. to be tested medically to make sure that you you were gonna uh, your your genes together would would be creating a healthy human being or a desirable human being, I guess, in that sense, as they might mm. define it. So, um, s- correct me if I'm wrong. Then it, is this when this you know? So I guess this this was like kind of. Uh, mainstream thinking, you know, there was a lot of people that were really on board for this idea in, in the in the early 30s. 
is the is the discovery of like the atrocities that that Nazi like th- that what what the Nazis did dr- at, at, at near the end of World War Two like it was it upon that discovery that that the world kind of had this shift where they went whoa wait a minute this idea of eugenics is is like not really dangerous because, or evil because there was segregation until 1964. So like like even after World War II, there was a class of people um, here that thought, oh hey, we're better than this other class, this subclass that we're not giving these other rights to. Yeah, right. So but like, is, is segre- it wasn't the end of World War II that no, like no, I know Brian, yeah. but but is is segregation and eugenics? Those are those are different things. No, but it's believing that there's a class of people that's better than another. So like right. eugenics is is it comes from the same ideological um, core, I believe. It became really unfashionable after World War Two because I think the Germans took it to like a really unfashionable. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. It was it eugenics wasn't like a is common so th- un- not yeah, in yeah. fashion anymore. So last fall, that was, it was so, yeah. off. It was off. Became I, off. All trend. I know is that our individual comedy shows just got. Super, super funny. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh my God, man. I'm sitting here just listening to this. Like this, like I'm just waking up. Don't forget, like and and so, like and you, and you don't mean that. In, you don't mean that in like the civil rights sort of movement way. No, when, I mean you know, literally like, waking yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm literally waking up, and the first thing that's going into my ear holes are talking about eugenics and Nazis, and yeah. I'm like, oh my God. I can't. <laughs> Tell me more. So, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, uh, Jeremy, to your point, uh, the Nazis were the thing that redeemed uh, Tommy Douglas and uh, made him completely abandon these beliefs and see like the error of his ways. So he visited ah. Germany in 1936 on this kind of like like some kind of conference or something. I guess he was like, yeah, he was like, you guys are doing it. Oh, we're thinking about doing it. Eugenics eugenics show me, yeah, show me how you do it. And he gets there and is like, oh god. They booked out a big convention center. There was a podcast booth, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So um, essentially, uh, he witnessed Hitler given a rally and also saw some of the the eugenics policies up close that were taken to this kind of extreme like fascist logic. Wow, and. Uh, the only the only quote I could find was the word frightful. Apparently, he used that word to describe it, um, and that was a big turning point. But I mean, Nazi Germany was, I mean, it's already pretty extreme eugenics in 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 North America and in other European countries. But the Nazis were taking it to that extreme of you know like actually you know wiping out people who were not classed as desirable. They were financially incentivizing the people they thought were desirable, so they would actually mm. pay people who had that kind of genetic makeup they approved of to have children. And to, to breed as much as possible and then they were sterilizing the people um who they didn't see because they were trying to build this you know they they their the, idea of the a master super race. race yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So, so let me let me just kind of get a bigger picture of this whole like just around the world war ii before during and then after so before north america as you say was very big into eugenics and they were trying different things and it was very popular in the public opinion and whatnot and then I, I don't know if this had any correlation. The Nazis were like, hey, that's a great idea. And they took it to this insane extreme. And then after World War II ended, North America looked at what the Nazis did, which is what they were doing. And they're like, whoops, we, uh, okay, we may have 
an overstepping. Okay, so maybe that wasn't the greatest idea we didn't. <laughs> what's, what's, what's so funny, what's so what's what's so wacky to me about what's so wacky to me about eugenics, and just to kind of go back to something we were talking what's about right so at the beginning. What's so wacky to me about eugenics? <laughs> the next book by Taylor McGill. <laughs> something that's really, really common in stand-up comedy is 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 somebody thinking that a comedian is hilarious and really funny until they become the subject of the comedy. And, and then all of a sudden some people have, you know, all of a sudden, well, this, you know, this, uh, this comedy set isn't so funny anymore because now I'm not, cause now I'm the butt of the joke instead of, instead of laughing at the joke. And it kind of strikes me as, and you, you can kind of see how, how eugenics might become a popular idea amongst a, a large population of white people who have, uh, in, in a country like the U.S. and Canada with large, large, uh, large populations of white people who are thinking to themselves when they see eugenics, I'm part of the I'm part of the the, the good the good group. I'm part of the group that's going to get because this right. is what's coming out in the literature. And then it's like and then and then you've got then you've got subgroups of of, uh, you know, and now let's let's just say, for example, everybody who's white is going Hey, like in the literature, they're saying that 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 white people are at the are in this group that this group that should that should go on and 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 be breeded for whatever, and then it's like okay, but uh, white people with uh, you know children who have cystic fibrosis, it's like well now you're not in that group anymore, and so then those people are like hey whoa 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 hey I thought that I was in the group I thought that I was right. a part of it and then and then quickly realizing that everybody. Almost everybody on the planet, at some point in this sick game of eugenics, is no longer a part of the group that gets to go forward and be in this, you know, whatever they thought it was, a master race. Like everybody on some level has some type of, whether it's a, a medical flaw or it's a mental flaw or it's a physical flaw or whatever. Like we all have, we all come in with our, with something that's not do you perfect. Think, None of do us you are Do you think perfect. that's where Hitler lost momentum when he, when he started talking about the Aryan race because he was like all of a sudden weeding out like the brown haired, brown eyed people? Yeah. And he was like, damn it, that's me. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> he's like, shit, I just realized that I just lost up my own game. <laughs> The the I, I mean I really like the story of Tommy Douglas because ultimately he then what he he almost did like a complete turnaround. So rather than saying we should sterilize, we should kind of stop um, people with with uh, health issues and with with mental health problems from being able to to breed and be part of normal society, he went the other way where. Uh, when he became premier of Saskatchewan, he actually introduced therapy and vocational training. Mm. Uh, and his policies almost were the complete opposite, where it was rather than uh, ignoring or limiting these people's role in society, we need to support them and uh, help them be as proactive and uh, and contribute to society in the way they mm. can. He also increased, increased funding for psychiatry as well. So it's like... As a story wow. of, of someone growing as a human being from like a moment. Good thing, uh, good thing cancel culture wasn't a thing back then. Uh, yeah, never, yeah. He, he never, never would have had a chance. He never would have had a chance to go on and do all those awesome things. I mean, I got to say, it's been a roller coaster learning about this guy because at first I was like, I love him. And then at the next second, I'm like, this, fuck this Nazi. And now I'm like, yeah, you know what? This guy's all right in my book. <laughs> I guess maybe that's why he didn't. So uh, just, to, just to fact check myself, I did actually Wikipedia to see if he won the Order of Merit. I knew he, it. He, no, no, I just Wikipedia it now, and I, I was wrong. Oh, he just didn't confirming. win the Order of Merit. Um, the only four Canadians that have won the Order of Merit is uh, William Lyon Mackenzie King, 
Uh, Mackenzie King, no. Dr. Penfield? <laughs> Dr. Penfield, isn't that the Dr. burnt Penfield, toast? Dr. Penfield, of course, yeah. Burnt toast. Oh, burnt uh, toast. Lester B. Pearson and Jean Chrétien. I go to his airport oh, wow. all the time. So, oh, so the confused look on Reese's face right now as we're all, uh, <laughs> to our podcast listeners, we're in a video conference. Um, Reese is not aware. So when all four of us, like when you said Dr. Penfield, all four of us were like, no like, like burnt toast, burnt toast, burnt toast. Burn toast. <laughs> and Reese is just staring in confusion. He's He did not grow up with Canadian Heritage Minutes. Oh, my God, no. Reese. You need to, right? you need so to Google and He doesn't and know what we're talking about. <laughs> Canadian Heritage Minutes. It was basically... Uh, the one minute version of your guys's podcast and TV commercials. That's right. Because yeah. they, they were really unintentionally funny. Yeah. Poor, poorly, poorly reenacted. <laughs> I need these baskets back. I was going to say that. <laughs> it's only one more mile. Both of you are coming through the, the air world. across the ocean. The first time ever. Yeah. Uh, I still, so I still have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, bud. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, ultimately, then, um, so Tommy Douglas he retired from politics in 1979, having kind of set up for health insurance, and he he passed away in 1986 at the age of 81 from from cancer. Wow. Um, oh. And I, I, yeah, I think I think what what a life though, and you know, right yeah. about cancel culture, mm-hmm. like not uh, uh, accepting that people can change, and then also become champions for the thing that you never thought they would is uh, mm-hmm. I think I think he's still a great Canadian because he learnt from his he learnt the error of his ways and from his awful awful beliefs that he once absolutely had, which, which I think is, is probably the ultimate thing yeah I, I mean I, I I agree I think that's that's something we especially in today's current culture of divisiveness like we're dividing countries we're dividing that's what we're doing at like or at least what's happening it's really sad and, and like in order for people to get their voice heard we quickly label and divide and it's it's nice to be reminded that people's minds can change people can grow people can learn but right now we're labeling evil and good <laughs> this is one way of thinking that's the this is the right way of thinking that's the wrong way of thinking and then there's no in between there's no gray area and there's no there's no room for growth once you've labeled someone they've they're labeled for life in in our current so that we can quickly it's it's horrible but that's what's happening so it's really nice to hear that there's stories of people who have been like just horrible horrible human beings that have (laughs) (laughs) well everybody everybody thought donald trump could only drink with two hands but he proved us all wrong (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the water thing yeah Uh, well, I, I gotta say, this is uh, th- that was that that was a history lesson that was uh, a Canadian Disturbing. politics history lesson that was not boring. Now, now, Brian, as you said earlier, we should know Tommy Douglas. Uh, I will never forget who that man was and what he did for this country and what he almost did to this country. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, didn't. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for for giving us a little lesson there, Reese. Yeah, yeah thank you, Reese. Yeah, you know, as always, th- thank you for listening and and coming to bear witness to the fact that Canadian politics is not boring. It's uh, it's become I'm a passion of mine. That. It's become a passion of mine now to kind of just try and prove to people who don't care about politics in Canada that there's actually some stuff worth paying attention to. <laughs> I see, absolutely. See, this is where I'm. This is where I'm still contentious about this. I I, I 
you've been incredibly entertaining so far, Reese, about Canadian politics. And sure, I'll agree that Canadian politics are not boring, but only because you've proved not that they're interesting, but that they're ridiculous. And in being <laughs> ridiculous, they are not boring, <laughs> but not necessarily interesting. <laughs> they, they definitely are a bit more interesting when you have a, 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 a smart sounding gentleman with glasses who has a, a br- you know, some sort of some sort Welsh of odd accent, British-esque yeah. <laughs> accent telling you, you know, telling you what's up. I mean, those are always Man, my favorite podcasts. You so. slap that accent on there. Just, I, yeah, I, everything just sounds, sounds, just sounds so marvelous. More I literally read somewhere that North Americans, when they hear a, a British accent or a UK accent I've heard about explaining this. something to them, yeah. they they t- automatically take it as a voice of authority. Yes. Yeah. Like, they know yeah. what they're talking about, right? Yeah. Dude, I, so, I, just, like, I just walk around telling people what to do and, and making up facts that they believe. So. <laughs> you See, could. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to an audiobook unless it was a British person reading it. Right. <laughs> I, I hear I that, Brian. Stephen right? Fry is the ultimate British voice of oh, authority, yes. I think. I love so, it. like, in our, in our podcast, I come across as the idiot, as the moron. Like, both of us don't know anything about Canadian politics. Reese is just learning about it a day before he tells me. And he's coming across as this genius who knows everything. And here I am, like, duh, what? I don't know. And it's just, just take, like, just my take mother is telling me, like, you should go on, the, you should do a little bit of research before the show, Jesse. Just a little bit. Make yourself sound smarter. I'm like, I'm like now I'm thinking, maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, but that's boring. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Reese, make something up on the spot and and tell us all. And and I bet you. Uh, <laughs> okay, in 1973, uh, the first Canadian ever to reach the bottom of the ocean was a man called uh, David Allen, and he died, and he never came back. Whoa, I believe that. Wow. See, it sounds real to me. It totally sounds real. I just I, 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 I just knew you were lying that. to me, but then after hearing you speak for just three seconds, I was <laughs> I totally forgot. Can we all have a moment of silence for David Allen? <laughs> if our listeners want to hear your show and find it if they haven't discovered you yet, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts uh, at Sick Boy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Sick Boy Podcast on Facebook um, and TikTok and, and tic- we're on TikTok. Oh, for fuck's sake, Brian oh got a TikTok. God. No, get off uh, TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been telling him no, but he just whatever keeps guys. Hearing Gen Z, yes. Gen Z is um, next. The next uh, yeah, big but thing. Sick Boy Podcast, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, and if you're if you're into that thing and you're doing it uh might as well go to apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review because that shit's important so oh thanks guys that's awesome (laughs) thank you thank you catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it, no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. 